This episode is brought to you in part by our Patreon members. If you want to support the Geek Therapy Network and learn more about our exclusive perks, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. My name is Jose Cardona and I am joined by Laura Taylor. Hey. Lauren Keller. Hello. And Alima too. Hi folks. Today we're going to talk about Miles Morales and Into the Spider-Verse. But first, community catch-up. Community catch-up. So there's one other podcast on the network this week. That's Starship Therapies. They're continuing their holiday-themed episodes. But this one is also about Pickle Rick. I haven't seen that episode. Pickle Rick! I don't know if that's a Christmas episode. I don't know. It's not a Christmas episode. I don't know uh, what they're doing over there. There's a connection there, there uh, via the pickle, because Christmas pickle is a thing. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. No, I get it's it's, <laughs> it's It's a link. <laughs> If you want to know, check out Starship Therabies. <laughs> um, shout out to our Discord. Wonderful conversations there, as usual. And shout out to our Twitch. Like I said, last week we are we are streaming more and more every week. And our stream team captain, Zach, is stream crazy. He Ooh. wants to stream like 16 hours this weekend or, or reserved on his calendar. I don't, I don't know if he's going to do that, but maybe he will. It's like so, he wants to extra life every week or something. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and that's kind of a, a preview for, for next year. We're going to try to engage in more charity streaming and things like that. So so he's practicing. But more more on that next year. And uh, before we, we get into our topic, we have an announcement. Next week is going to be technically the last episode of this season of GT Radio. But then the following week after that, we're going to have a bonus episode. Oh, yes, we are. And I don't know. I'm calling it GT Movie Night for now. And basically, the idea is, this is uh, just for fun, um, we're going to watch a movie together, the four of us, and we're going to do commentary over it. So the podcast episode will actually be uh, like the commentary for a movie. So for you to enjoy this with us, you would you would watch that movie at the same time as you listen to this recording and we want to put it out to you uh to to vote on which movie we're going to actually watch so we've narrowed it down to three what were what were the criteria for for doing this where'd you come up with this list that got narrowed down to three ali you know this list was a about a, a bunch of movies that I really wanted to watch with all of you. Movies that I thought we would have so much fun celebrating and discussing um, and uh, sharing with the community. So it was a list of 20. Um, some were holiday themed and some were just really awesome geeky movies. And then we had our internal vote, got it down to a smaller list and then got it down to an even smaller list and then had a runoff vote. And now we've got these three very different and also very fun movies um, that the GT, uh, the Geek Therapy community is going to decide. So the three movies are... Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, The Lion King, and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yes. So, I'm so excited to see what people are going to vote for. <laughs> so there will be a form that I will uh, put in the show notes for everybody to to vote on, and and I'll share that. We'll be sharing it everywhere to make sure we get uh, plenty of votes. Um, I have a favorite, but I, I'm, I'm not going to say which one it is. Everybody knows so, what your favorite is, Josue. <laughs> Nobody knows. I think, I think Nobody knows. Know. We're, we're, we're not. We're, we're, he's, got a, he's got a couple that could be his favorite on that yeah, list. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. All of those no, three are, are my favorites. <laughs> something. But uh, I have, I'm pushing for one of them. The problem is I want to watch each one of those for different reasons. You know, like that's why like, you're letting someone else decide, right? No, that's a good thing. That's a good <laughs> thing because Laura, I want to watch La- The Lion King with you, and Lauren, I want to watch Scott Pilgrim with you, and Josue, I want to watch Episode One with you. Um, you don't want to watch The Lion King with me? We've karaoke songs from The Lion King together, <laughs> dude. The Lion King is the favorite movie, a Disney movie of three of us on this show, at yes. least. Yes, for sure, I know that. Yes. Yeah. This so. is the problem. This is why I. This is why I can't. De- oh my god! I can't decide. I <laughs> uh, vote, people. Please, please. Show notes. Click vote. Vote <laughs> early and often. <laughs> so, so we, so we should have uh, the decision by by the next episode, and we'll announce it then. And uh, and the by the next episode, the pick might be episode one. 
It, it'll be one of those three. Or yes, Lion King or It'll Scott be Bull. one of those three. Yep. So that's it for uh, community catch-up and announcements. Community so now, catch-ups and announcements. So now, before we get into spoiler territory about Into the, into the Spider-Verse, I just want to touch on the character of Miles Morales real quick. So if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the movie and you definitely want to watch it, I just wanted to kind of touch base with uh, everybody here and, and kind of do a quick history of Miles. Uh, Lauren and Ali, were you familiar with the character of Miles at all? Through you, yes. Okay. I think you walked me through Miles Morales at one of our um, early morning or late night um Josue and Ali community catch-ups sessions. Josue and Ali in the morning. Or evening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I know about the character through you, uh, but I haven't actually read any of the comics or, or anything like that. Okay, okay. And Lauren, what about you? Yeah, I I was familiar with the name, Um but other than that, uh, I didn't really know anything. I mean, I, I haven't read, like, any of the Spider-Man comics. So, like, <laughs> I just know, you know, Peter Parker is a Spider-Man. Miles Morales is a Spider-Man. You know, there's a couple of them. They got different <laughs> names. They're probably different, I guess. Uh, I, I did play Spider-Man, the new PS4 game. Mm-hmm. And um, that has Miles Morales in it. But he isn't a spider's man yet that's right a that's spider's right. Man. uh yeah. Uh, yeah, i'm gonna be doing that a lot sorry Jose, <laughs> i should also um modify my previous statements the i was exposed to miles morales in one other way and that was uh the internet's larger effort to have donald glover play miles morales in a live action film so that was the other one and you just reminded me of that with troy and abed in the morning but Donald Glover, he plays his uncle. He uncle plays Aaron. Miles Morales' uncle Aaron. Yeah. In Homecoming. Yeah. In Homecoming, yeah. yep. Which I hope we see more of him. And not to get ahead of ourselves, but he was referenced visually in Into the Spider-Verse. I read about that. I haven't, I've, I saw headlines. I haven't, I don't know what it is, but uh, maybe you can tell us once we get into spoilers. Sounds good. Um, so Miles Morales uh, was introduced in the Ultimate Universe of Comics. So... Back in the, I guess it was late 90s, right around the same time that the first X-Men movie came out, Marvel started a second imprint, and they called it the Ultimate Line. And it introduced an, an alternate universe with um, you know, lots of your favorite characters, and it was, it was amazing. The Spider-Man book in particular was really, really good. It's one of the books that got me back into comics, and it's written by Brian Michael Bendis. And about 10 years into that run... Peter Parker dies as a as a teenager still in that story. Mm-hmm. And the person who takes over for him is Miles. And that happens in 2011. That's when we're first introduced into Miles. And over the years, he has appeared in some of the... Well, actually, in the comic books, uh, the Ultimate Universe ceased to exist. Like it, it doesn't exist anymore. And parts of different universes were brought into one main continuity. And pretty much the only person that survived the Ultimate Universe was Miles Morales. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And like he was that big of a deal. He's, he's a big deal for, for many different reasons. He's half black, half Puerto Rican. Um, he goes to a charter school. He's a from young Brooklyn. version. He's from Brooklyn. He's, he's a young, again, like Spider-Man started as a very young character, but uh, Miles is young in the present. So he's very relatable in a way that if you read the old Peter Parker comics, they are not. And... Uh, so he's a character that means a lot to a lot of people. Um, I, I, I love it. I've read so many uh, Miles Morales comic books. And actually, this week... The they just o- released a number one of his new mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And it's really good. It touches on immigration. It touches on, I'm going to say, child trafficking towards the end, I think. Whoa. Um wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the immigration stuff is very interesting. In part because, I mean, like... He's Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. There's something that I can identify with Hispanics, um, with immigrant Hispanics in the United States a lot. But one thing that we don't have in common is the citizenship. Like mm. Puerto Ricans are all mm-hmm. born with American citizenship. It's something, you know, if you were born in Puerto Rico in the last hundred years, that's something that you never had to worry about. And it's something that like there's a there's a kinship, but there's always this piece of it where I, I can't really relate, but there's still 
just of the connection. I don't know. It's it's great. We've seen Miles' abuela in the comics. Um, there's some Spanish in the movie. Like there's a, it's. I, I think he's a really important character. And so this has been a huge year for Miles because, like Lauren said, one of the best games of the year, which is uh, Marvel Spider-Man on PS4. Again, game of the year nominations, just great reviews. I think three of us have played it. It's amazing. It's the best Spider-Man story. I don't know. I don't know if now that we saw it into Spider-Verse, I don't know. I'll see what everybody thinks. But it's just <laughs> an amazing story. And Miles is is a part of it. He's not a huge part of it, but he is he is a part of it. He's and playable in it. He's playable. He's, true. He's, true. he's important enough to be playable. Is yeah. he, um, w- without spoiling the game, is he in the main storyline or is it yes. in the ultimates? Yeah. Okay. No, he's yeah. He's one hundred percent in the so um, the Ultimate Universe doesn't exist anymore. So Miles just, is just part of the regular continuity. And in this oh, game, okay. okay, we had Secret Wars, and there was this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and again, like the games, the movies, they all exist. They all do their own thing. Um, and in the game, he's just he just lives in that world. So there's two. As Lauren would say, two Spider-Men? <laughs> she said Spider-Men. It's Spider-Man. Okay, I think Spider-Men. I, I, I think I did Phoebe from Friends, like Spider-Men. <laughs> I think that's what I did. So there's two Spider-Mans? So, there, so there's way more than that. So there's been a Spider-Geddon. There's been a Spider-Verse. There is this... Um, like web that connects people. It's very much like if you're familiar with the Flash and there's the, and a the Speed web Force that connects yeah. people. Yep, yep. There's a web that connects. Well, that's what they call it in the comic. Oh, it connects okay. all the spider people <laughs> through across time and across dimensions. And there's a lot of spider characters. And even in just the main continuity, there's Spider Woman. There's Ben Riley, who's a clone, and he's there's a Silk, Scarlet Spider. Spider Gwen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spider Gwen isn't in the main uh, universe, but. Oh, she might be now. She's got her own comics. So I'm thinking after Secret Wars got hit, I think... She might be. Yeah, she, she might, might be. be. Yeah. So wait, what What universe is she in? So so in Marvel Comics, there were numbers after each Earth. The main continuity Earth was always Earth 616, I mm-hmm. believe. And hers was just a number. I don't know. I forgot what the ultimate one was. I used to know. I don't know anymore. So she was just in another reality. So the Marvel multiverse still exists. But just the ultimate Earth is gone. It's super complicated. <laughs> but yes, as like, is all like, like crossover events. There was a point between uh, right before Secret Wars in the comics, where literally two Earths were clashing every couple hours, hmm. and only one could survive. And it was it was oh, those comics are so good, trippy, mm-hmm. but very very good. All right, so that's kind of like an intro. And I, if you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, I suggest you, you definitely check it out. I, I think we all liked it a lot. And Miles, this is Miles' story. And this is the first time that he is front and center in a movie. And again, like he got that nod for people, you know, a, a lot of fan service uh, in Homecoming regarding his uncle. Like we know who he is, so he exists in that world. But we've never seen him front and center. He's been in cartoons, but never the star. Mm-hmm. And so this is a huge deal. So, so wait, I'm wait, gonna, wait. I'm gonna... Before we go into the spoiler zone, I do want to tell everybody, even if you don't care about Spider-Man, if you're not really into superhero movies, this movie has some of the most gorgeous animation mm-hmm. I have seen in a really long time. Hell yeah, it, it does. Like, ooh. I'm, the bende dots? I'm, I'm still sweaty <laughs> about it. it. It was so good. So, um, yes, even if you're not a, a Spider-Man person, like, consider seeing it. It's so good. And the music, too. Yeah. I think I read that Sony is trying to patent that animation style. Like, they put so much into it, and they know how special it is. It's, it's, it looks so good. All right, and that is not a spoiler. But now, let's go into spoilers. Spoiler zone. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you with my spoilers. <laughs> I hope people put their shields up because those are some intense pew pews. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This movie's really good. So good. It's really. It might be my favorite super mo- superhero movie that came out this year, and that's saying a lot because we had Black Panther and Infinity War. Um, I loved this movie a lot. I liked it too. I'm a fan. I'm a very big fan. <laughs> like I said, like I'm, I'm a huge Miles fan, and to see him uh, in this type of story, and to see his story 
like it's being retold. His, this isn't his actual like it isn't the original origin story from the comics, and but it's very similar. And and I love it. And I love that it just like this is his origin story. So everybody else's origin story is a quick montage, right? Because especially Peter's, because we've seen that before. We don't need to see it again. But he, he had his quick montage at the end yeah. too. Well, it, it, it's, <laughs> I mean that's that's actually a really good place for us to start because. I love how this movie sort of embraces the live action Spider-Man films and kind of alludes to those origins. It alludes to Spider-Man 3 and that weird jazz or not the emo scene. Every single every <laughs> single scene that they showed from the from the Spider-Man on on Miles's Earth, the Peter Parker, was from a Tobey Maguire film. But it's like it implies that that's the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man yes. in a way. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And it, some things are backwards, but it it's definitely that's that's the idea. <laughs> Like, I went into this being kind of cautious about another Spider-Man origin story. And there are, like, what, five Spider-Man origin stories in this in this one film? But it, I mean, it's Miles' story, but you see a few other origins. And the way it did it was just so fresh and fun. And then I didn't know Miles' origin, so I was really interested to see how that was going to play out is his uncle always is, is that reveal always the case with his origin um him being the prowler yeah. yeah um yes although currently in the comic books his uncle is the iron spider hmm. mm-hmm. another is- spider's man mm-hmm. <laughs> there yeah. are lots of spider's men <laughs> a lot of them yeah yeah and yeah. women spider's women yeah so actually, I, mean, I don't know if you know this, but they've already announced that the movie's getting a sequel and a spinoff. And the spinoff is an all-female <gasps> Spider-Verse film. Mm-hmm. So it's wow. Gwen Stacy, it's Spider-Gwen, Spider-Woman, uh, Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, and Cindy Moon Silk are going to be the protagonists of that one. But I'm, I'm really excited about that because, again, those are two characters that have not... I mean, one day in the in the MCU, we're going to get Jessica Drew, and she is an amazing character. I'm hoping that with Captain Marvel, we kind of, like, because she's really good friends with Jessica Drew, that we start seeing uh, more Spider-Woman. She's mm-hmm. she's a really great character. And uh, and Sydney Moon, we've, we've talked about her in the past. I believe she's Chinese-American. So uh, I, had, I had one question after, that was running through my head that I wanted to ask one person on this podcast after I saw this movie. One in particular? Yes, that's you, the okay. person. What did it mean to you to see a Spider-Man speaking Spanish in, you know, like Brooklyn on the big screen? So this is this is a complicated answer. One of my huge pet peeves is when Hispanic people on TV use uh, Spanish words in between English words. Like like if like if we all do that all the time. Like if we can't say crazy, we, we need to say loco because we can't say crazy, <laughs> things like that. Like it, it bothers me uh, in, a, in a way that can probably only bother someone who, who speaks the language. But it was cool. I liked it. I liked it. I was, I was very excited about – actually, so, so I'll get into this right now. So I was very excited about this fact, the fact that he, that he is Puerto Rican, he's, he's Hispanic, and the movie embraces that, right? And there's even – there's this thing that never – I don't know if it's been addressed in the comic books. I haven't, I haven't read every single Miles Morales story. It's definitely not addressed in the movie. The fact that his name is Miles Morales, his mom's name is Rio Morales, and his dad is Jeff- Jefferson Davis or mm. Davies. Mm-hmm. And they've never, like, I don't know if his parents are married. I don't know why he has his mom's last name, not his dad's last name. Like, that's a real thing that happens. And I love that it's, it, they just don't talk about it. It's just like, mm-hmm. this is a real thing. Some families go through that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's exciting in a way. I was. I've mentioned in the past how uh, when Diego Luna was announced to be in Star Wars, or when I saw Rogue One, and Diego Luna was in the movie, I was like, man, I feel like that's the first time I've ever seen like a Hispanic person in a, in the type of movies that I like, and like a, in like a leading role. Uh, so, did you you all watch the end credit scene, right? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, 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 much so. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. What? what? I ha- I had to leave. I was afraid I was going to be late to record about it. That's actually, <laughs> actually that's I'm, so I'm, I'm double disappointed about it because not only did I miss that end credit scene, but I was sitting next to uh, two or three people that were really enjoying the movie next to me. I really wanted to like just chat with them afterwards and be like, why were you so excited? Because I need to know. I want to know all your feelings. <laughs> Tell me your feelings. But I had to. I had to run. I was afraid about traffic and everything. So tell me what happens in that. I will. So and and because it's very relevant. The uh, can I just before you say, Hesway, 
that was one of the only big references I got because I collected all those issues because I'm, you know, old school with my stuff. So I was super excited because that was a 1990s run. This, yeah, this, right. So yeah. in 1999, Marvel released the Marvel 2099 uh, universe, right? And it was all is X Men 2099, Spider Man 2099, and uh, I was super excited too because it was like, oh, it's more sci fi than the regular superheroes. It's in the future, and so uh, at the end credit scene has the Spider-Man of 2099 showing up who actually works at Alchemax, which is like a big deal in, in this movie. But his name is Miguel O'Hara. And the moment he came out, I was like, oh, I've been so excited about this Hispanic Spider-Man. And there was a Hispanic Spider-Man 20 years ago and I forgot all about it. But then on top of that, the reason I brought up Diego Luna in Star Wars is because I found out that the person who voices Miguel O'Hara is Oscar Isaac. And I learned yeah. today, I learned today that Oscar Isaac's name is Oscar Isaac Hernandez Estrada, and he was born in Guatemala. So I was all excited about Diego Luna being in Rogue One, and Oscar Isaac was in episode seven. And I didn't, I didn't know. Oh. So, so lots of Hispanic representation in this movie, um, even even in the in the final end credits, because again, it's a Hispanic character with a Hispanic actor, and that's that's pretty huge. Puerto Ricans have been having a, a pretty good run. Jennifer Lopez is still making romantic comedies. Lemon yeah, Miranda is, is like yeah, conquering is. Disney. You know, like <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. we're we're on fire. I think I think I think we're doing all right. So I I got to correct you. Um, since this is the era where I collected and read comics, um, Spider Man twenty ninety nine actually appeared in the early nineties. Was it? I thought yeah. it was a like late nineties thing. Yeah. Oh, he's he's early. I got I have issue number one um, of his. I I loved. I loved that run. So that was super exciting. And and Lauren, what you missed was that the the Superman, the, the Spider-Man <laughs> of 2099 says he's going back to the beginning and we don't know what that means. And then he goes, what what I understood as like the first time that Spider-Man was ever animated. Yeah. So he goes back to yeah. the 67 cartoon and they do the pointing meme, but they replace like one of the Spider-Man with the 2099 version. That is hilarious. Oh, it is so good. I missed a meme. <laughs> you missed oh. a meme. Mm-hmm. Yep. You missed a meme. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, uh, it was pretty good. It was it's really good. good. So did I answer your question, Ali? Yes, you did. You did answer my question. And I, I was, I was just thinking how cool is this that we're, we're seeing this, um, in a major Marvel character on the big screen. Um, and I mean, the character is awesome. All the characters are awesome. The animation is awesome. The music is awesome. Um, everything about this movie is just so awesome. Yes, you answer my question. And we need to talk about all these awesome things. If you haven't heard, Geek Therapy is on Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform where you can support some of your favorite creators. Members support this podcast and the entire Geek Therapy network, plus they gain access to exclusive and behind-the-scenes content, including our monthly GT book club. For as little as $1 a month, you can become a member at patreon.com slash geektherapy. Again, to support Geek Therapy directly and become a member with access to exclusive perks, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy. Stanley's cameo. Oh Can my I just, gosh. I cried so hard. Oh my gosh. And he didn't, too. like, no one could know that that would be the perfect cameo to appear right mm-hmm. after he died. Yep. Uh, his his yeah. talking about people we lose and, oh, so sad. It, like, captures everything. It's the best Stanley cameo. It's, it's... Yeah, it's pretty oh, good. I know. It always know. fits. The costume always fits. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know I know that. him, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you yeah. shut up, Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the camera just like stays on him while he's smiling, and like it's it's a gag with a sign on the side, but still, it's like, <laughs> oh man, so good. Uh, yeah, I really ca- like that. The cast mm-hmm. is so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember last week, uh, Lara, after we recorded our episode, I was like, wait, Nicolas Cage, who does he play? So and you're good. like, just watch the movie, Ali. <laughs> just watch it. <laughs> and he he plays that the that film. I forget his name. Spider Man Noir. Noir. Spider-Man Noir, of course. Um, he was so funny. He was so funny with the Rubik's Cube. I, I love was that. laughing yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, my god! I love how much they made fun of themselves. Yeah. Oh, Spider-Pig was great. Spider-Pig was great. <laughs> Peter Porker is, is the real deal, though. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Peter and, Porker. And he wasn't just, 
like for the funny lines. He had he had some really serious and tender moments too. I think he was there's a moment where he was talking about loss and how they much, all were. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, that's well, he what, like he didn't mention which one he had. He just said he's the one that brought it all together. It's like we're all really different and we're from completely different worlds, but our origin stories are all the same. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. all had some sort of loss, and it meant something, and it transformed us, and yeah. it, it made us who we are. Yeah, that was quite the decision to let Peter Porker, uh, you know, bring that one home. Be the, deliver the serious yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was perfect. <laughs> um, and the villains. Uh, it was so amazing to see Kingpin in that style, in that larger-than-life style that really works in animation. Um, similar with Green Goblin. Green Goblin was like the size of a house. Um, that was amazing. You only see him for like five seconds, but that was amazing. And then, of course, Doc Ock. That was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Is that a character we've seen in comics? I I don't uh, she's not familiar to me. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen but I also haven't read the most the more recent stuff. I've read some of the older Miles Morales stuff. I th- I think it was a good reveal. It was uh, if so they kept good. her if they kept her secret and yeah. this is a new character, maybe she'll be introduced into his new series. My yeah. my whole audience sort of lost it when that happened. So I, yeah. I don't think and I was sitting next to what had to be the most Spider-Man fan in the whole lot of he like got every single reference, um, and he was laughing at moments when I, when I like stuff was going totally over my head, um, and he was shocked at that reveal. So maybe it was just uh, something they did for the movie. Yeah, I think it was new, and I, you know, Miles is one of the best examples of taking a a, a character that's a beloved character and reinventing him, and you know. So much talk over the last, I don't know, 15 years about, you know, casting a black actor in a white role or casting someone from a different ethnicity in in whatever role or a different gender. And Miles was like, listen, we're going to we're not just going to make Spider-Man black. We're going to build a brand new character. And this character can also be Mm Spider-Man. And we've Mm -hmm. seen that more and more. And I feel like that's. He, that means something. But this movie also just had fun with that, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Doc Ock, doesn't matter. We'll yeah. have a female Doc Ock. It's okay. <laughs> like, we're, we're showing you both extremes, and it's, it's, there's so many examples of it in the movie. Like, if that stuff bothers you, then you're going to be bothered about everything in this movie, you know? But there's, it's, it's to so many different degrees and in so many different ways that I, I think that's one of the most important things about this movie. It just shows, uh, and, and it's the message that we really get at the end. It's like, you know, anybody can wear that mask. Anybody yeah. can be a hero. You can be a middle aged Peter Parker who's fat because he keeps eating all this pizza and has this like belly like you can still be Spider-Man <laughs> it's true it's true <laughs> I like that so much I was like yeah he's sporting a dad bod I like that mm-hmm. um, he was yeah <laughs> Josue in the show notes um, leading up to this you were talking about uh, finally uh, a multiverse uh, superhero movie and what I really like about this film and how it really embraces that multiverse, it uh, it takes a lot of those canon issues and makes them non-issues because you there is this infinite universe of characters and lots of things can happen in these different universes and it gets back to that message. It reminded me of how... Um, in the 2009 Star Trek film, they tried to really make it clear that Spock going back in time has created this new timeline. But a lot of fans still read it as their old timeline has been erased. Here, I think they do a similar thing where it's like, this is your Peter Parker from those movies. That's the the illusion, I guess. Um and, you know, there's this other multiverse of, of stuff um, that's going on. And I don't know, that makes it just really easy to not question the stuff or not to just kind of celebrate it and celebrate what unites all of these characters and what's unique about all these characters. I, I really love how they did that. So good. Also, you know, people talk about in the Marvel movies, they introduced individual characters and then they had the the Avengers it's like we had we had to build up to it right because it's like it's too much for people and I feel like slowly we're getting to the point where it's like well you know we can't introduce really like different timelines and stuff like that that would be like the whole movie just that one thing like it can't just be part of a movie and you know I've I've read a lot about this where like 
people in in the movie industry just assume that people are kind of dumb and they're not mm-hmm. going to get it. Mm-hmm. So there has to be lots of exposition. And it depends. Like if you see network TV, there's way more exposition than there needs to be. But because like they're they're trying to they want everybody to understand. And so having something like this movie where it could have just been a Miles movie, but no, they were like, no, we're just no. gonna let's just do the Spider Verse. Let's just bring everything in there. And I th- I think we're getting better at doing that. Uh, Justice League got a flag for for a lot of things. And one of the complaints was always like you know like you shouldn't have put all these characters into one movie but like the titans tv show is bombarding you with characters all the time and i think i think we're getting better at that i think we're doing it really well and i i love the way this movie did it we didn't need a solo mile story before a spider-verse story. we could just just do it all at once it's fun it that's also something that i wonder how much of that has to do with the way all those characters are introduced lauren you were talking about how beautiful and gorgeous and unique and creative and innovative the animation here is i think that's there's something about that that makes this work where I think this would have been an incredibly difficult live action film to make. And I'm sure this was an, an extraordinary difficult animated film to make and storyboarding and, and weaving and all that sort of stuff. But the way they animated just, I don't know, it. I I think it works much better this would have been very difficult in a live action film i don't think it it would have worked as a live action i think the animation is is a big big part of it i think the live action would have there would have been too much going on the on the screen for anyone to pay attention to Mm. what was going on sometimes i have a hard time with that in those big like i think i remember talking about it with avengers infinity war and like how there's 26 characters on the screen. I don't know what's going on in that yeah, battle. Yeah. It's just a bunch of whatever's going on and then you get a close up and you're like, okay. So I think I think that yeah, the animation definitely brings it all together. Now, this movie just looks fucking cool. Right. right. Like, like from the it very looks beginning. like a comic book. It looks like a comic book. It does, but it it also looks like more than that. It, yeah. It, so you you have the film noir style you have the anime style you have um the looney tunes style yeah they're and, each animated completely differently and, and they're but they're also those are all comics those yes. are all comics yeah there's also scenes that felt extremely clay animation the way that mm-hmm. that mm. the pieces moved around each other felt very much like somebody was literally doing it by hand with clay like it was amazing it gave mm-hmm. me a lot of the same feelings that the lego movie uh no kubo and the two strings mm-hmm. okay um i really I, I liked that movie there i had some problems with it but i thought it was it was beautiful the animation especially the um the climactic monster scene at the end is like gorgeous uh mixture of um clay well not clay but uh hand uh 3d animation and computer animated and i think i don't know if they did similar things in this but i felt that similar feeling to it where there's almost like this animated mist where it's like it's like that's real that is real and there's just this sort of fog in front of it to be like no it's animated it's not real i'm like i don't know i don't buy it anymore i think this is real and i need to find a way into this other universe because it's awesome it reminded me of how when i watched the dragon prince i didn't really get it on netflix i didn't get into it that much because the something about the animation threw me off the 2d 3d animation and this I was worried about that with this, but it was beautiful. They they nailed whatever whatever that studio did. Sony ended up blowing it out of the water and taking the 2D 3D animation like to the next level. So that's a, that's the one thing I was going to bring up that confused me a little bit. There are times where and this is really hard to describe. You kind of have to see the movie to to understand it, but hopefully everyone listening has seen the movie. And if not, uh, stop and go watch it. Stop and go watch it. Yeah, <laughs> um, or stay. You can or, stay. Or stay. You get watch spoilers the and, and then yeah, go watch okay. it, or just close your eyes and imagine. I guess um, there's times where you're, I was. So I I watched it in a 2D um, projection. Mm-hmm. There were times where I was looking at it and I was like, "Wait, is this in 3D?" And I was do like, I no, have no, 3D glasses? Do on? I have 3D what? glasses? On? <laughs> I, wait, I don't understand because it seemed like there's one focal point and everything else was 
blurry. They did that uh, that red blue shift where it's like everything. You know when you're on a stage and you have two spotlights on you yeah. and you've got the two uh, shadows going in opposite directions is like that, but then one light is red and one light is blue. So everything had that blue and red shadow. Is Amazing. I've never <laughs> seen that before in an animated film. Because it's never happened before, man. <laughs> yeah. They created a whole new system. <laughs> that, this is, this is, this is amazing. Like, I, I think I keep saying that over and over again, but it feels like we've seen something that's completely brand new and we're at the beginning. Like, they've changed animation here. Yes. That's, Absolutely. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I need to stop saying that. I need to find more adjectives. Mm-hmm. I, uh, if we're talking about art stuff, I really, really loved the animations for the the glitch effects. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. was ooh, mm, I'm doing mwah, chef's kiss, beautiful. <laughs> and then um, also the the character designs. We talked about um, Kingpin and his giant square body. Um, but there were a couple of characters and then like background people, their body shape designs were really interesting. I, I love seeing that because, you know, a lot of comics and comic movies animated or live action is like everybody is the the shape that fits inside of a super suit. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the small tight bod. And it was exciting to see different body shapes. Yes. And, and you know, we talked about um, Peter Parker having a dad bod. And I, I loved that. I loved seeing a Spider-Man in sweatpants. Like, it, it made me <laughs> feel good to see different, to see different shapes. But also, like, it's just good art design to have your, your characters be so distinct from each other. Like... Every scene that Kingpin was in, that that big black square with the tiny little, you know, white head on top is like it draws your eye to it every time. So it, it it's yeah. The the character design was fantastic. When I saw that Peter Parker with his gut, I was like, finally a superhero that looks like me. <laughs> you could you could wear the mask. I could wear we can all wear the we mask. Could all wear the mask. <laughs> um Aunt May. Badass awesome. Voiced by oh. Lily Tomlin. Oh. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> so perfect. So, so it was pretty. Perfect. It was really good. She was so I love, good. I love that she scene so where funny. like there's there's the five spider people in the house fighting, and she grabs the bat and she looks around and she's like looking for an opportunity to help. She's like, nope, 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 not there. This guy. <laughs> 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 this is so good. <laughs> and she's very much like the ultimate uh, universe version of Aunt May. Oh, really? Uh, she's very similar. Yeah, and and after uh, Miles um, takes over as Spider Man. He goes and visits Aunt May, and Aunt May and MJ really take Miles under under their wing, because mm-hmm. like they knew Peter's secret, and they they wanted to make sure that he was okay and that he had the support that he needed, and and it's like it's such an amazing relationship that forms in in the comic books. It's like it's it's like you know like our my my nephew died, her boyfriend died, but we. And we know that you're taking up that mantle and it's important. And it's important to us because it was important to him. So we're going to help you. And it's it's so cool that she's like that version. She's she's a very cool kind of younger uh, Aunt May. Total badass. Like still gray haired, but yeah, but total badass. Yep. Lauren, you were talking about character design. Um, we have to talk about the character of New York City here and especially Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't describe it, describe why I feel this way, but... Watching that in Brooklyn, in downtown Brooklyn, it I felt like it was New York City. Like um, there's a scene where Miles is going through the subways, and he's um, and it looked. I was like, I know that subway stop. It's the Q train. It's going through over here. <laughs> it's like right now running below me. Right now, it looked like uh, New York. It felt like New York, and that's not often the case. A lot of times, New York City looks like what people what like the best of new york city looks like the day before the macy's thanksgiving day parade when everything's beautiful (laughs) and clean and the weather is perfect and all of that stuff but new york city is not that (laughs) and spider-man homecoming did a good job feeling like new york um this movie also just it really felt right my wife, who lived in New York for six years, um, reached over and slapped my arm when the subway thing said, please step away. Yes. She's like, it sounds like it's like New York. Yes. It's the yes. exact thing. Yeah. 
Oh, that's that's it. Like in a nutshell, it was that it was the exact sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Them taking the bus is a very <laughs> Spider-Man thing because <laughs> because Peter Parker lives in Queens and and Miles lives in Brooklyn and like everything's usually happening in Manhattan anyway. So <laughs> you should have to take some sort of transportation <laughs> to get to where the action is because they really can't swing. Like especially in Queens, like you just can't swing. <laughs> like what are you going to swing on? It's just not that's, possible. That's something in the in the Spider-Man PS4 game. I'm like, how am I swinging through Central Park? There is nothing to swing from here. <laughs> I think yeah. they handled it pretty well. Uh, they there. they did yeah. they did, but it was still like. Hmm. <laughs> How did they handle it in the game? You swing uh, from the trees. <laughs> the tree branches are somehow not <laughs> n- not uh, physical in a way that would definitely impale the spiders, man. But <laughs> the spiders. no, the he's tre- good. He's the fine. Tr- the trees are too low to actually swing really well. So what you do is like you do this move where you you like slingshot yourself forward and then. Mm-hmm. And then slingshot yourself again. So that's kind of how you get across the, the the park quickly. Otherwise, it takes a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna com- make a comparison that I hope people don't get mad at me about because I mean it in in the best way possible. This movie gave me a lot of Angley's Hulk vibes. Um, I really love Angley's Hulk because it it visual- it's the most comic book movie yes. of the comic book movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Josue. I, I wanna, I wanna give you a big hug right now. That's the, is that the the Edward Norton? <laughs> no, that's the no. Eric Bana one. Eric, oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Where every scene transition, it looked like uh, like cells on a comic book. Yes, you see multiple scenes at the same time. There's yeah. Um, yeah. the scene when he gets uh, inundated with the radiation. You you, it's not really done in motion. It's like a series of stills. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's it. I really loved what he was trying to do with that. He was really trying to um, show what a comic book movie or what a comic book would look like in in a in a movie. This movie, I think, does it um, does it perfectly. It takes some of those ideas and weaves in text bubbles here and there, weaves in exposition, weaves in comic book covers and different points. Um, it, it really feels like what Angley was trying to do. Um, but it, it really achieves it completely. And, um, all of that, I, I, I loved that so much. I could, I wanted to watch it so many times after I finished watching it because there's so much detail, uh, so much to explore. It, It feels like a lush comic book that you want to just devour every scene and just explore every corner. So I've mentioned some of the things that I think are really important about the film um, regarding representation, regarding like showing the, the story of like the things that unite us and keep us together. I'm wondering if there was anything else that stood out to, to any of you. I've had that Sunflower song stuck in my head since I watched the movie last week. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Post Malone. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was the best. It was the best. And I liked how they told him to let go. And he yeah. couldn't let go. And he's listening and he's do what you're what you do to relax. And he's singing the song and all of a sudden he unsticks. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really cool scene. Right. He was super anxious and then like mm-hmm. do 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 the thing. And And in the middle of in the middle of being sneaky in a in a <laughs> secret lab, he's singing a song and it's it's cool. Yeah. No, I love that scene. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Because Oh, it's just it's just perfect because we we know from earlier, right? Like he like he he really likes that song. He's a kid. He's a teenager. They mentioned he's in middle school, right? So he's mm-hmm. I believe he's in eighth grade in the movie. Yeah, I'm going through puberty. No, I finished puberty. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got himself stuck to Gwen Stacy's hair. Like <laughs> they that portrayed was good him too. as as, was... as cooler, as much cooler than. Uh, he is in the comic books. Yeah, he is much cooler than he is in the comic books. Yeah, that's straight a little bit. He is he is pretty nerdy, but I guess it, it adds to contrast with with uh, Peter. If you're familiar mm-hmm. with with Peter, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, also his best friend Genki, uh, who um, is I don't know if that's the way you pronounce it. That's the way I've always pronounced his name. Yeah, that's the way I pronounce it. He's so he's definitely in the movie, and it's so funny because Homecoming has uh, the best friend Ned. Ned, right? And Ned is is one hundred percent totally Genki. Yeah, you know, he's one hundred percent Genki. Like the body type, the way that he he acts, the way he talks, his friendship is exactly. He's based on Miles's 
best friend. And it's mm-hmm. so funny to have him in the movie and not have him in the movie. <laughs> you didn't say a single word. <laughs> so that makes oh, a lot of sense to me because I saw that scene and I was like, oh, they're kind of doing what they did in Homecoming. Is that some nope. kind of reference? The other but way now, around. <laughs> now, yes, that makes so much sense. Which is so weird. They should have just they should have just called Ned Yankee, but I don't know. I don't know why they didn't. Um, maybe because maybe because with Peter Parker disappeared in Infinity War, they want to make Miles Morales show up. Yeah, he'll get he'll get his own Yankee, but then yeah. but then but then you can't because you already had Ned in the MCU. Yeah, I don't know. They 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 fucked up there. Yeah. Uh, but 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 I like that that that's setting the stage for for what's coming in the future. Because at the end, in the montage, like he fist bumped him while he was upside down, and yeah. he definitely saw the mm-hmm. spider people. And when he woke up, the the room was full of webs. So like he knows. So Genki knows. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so you're asking about like messages and and um, the things that we were kind of taken away. For me, the one of the beauties of this movie is the idea of a multiverse and that there's many possible futures for you there's many ways to be and to not get too stuck on this idea that there's only one thing that can happen one way to move forward Um, there's many ways to move forward and even if you get stuck sometimes like that one peter parker does um, you can always um, you can always make changes and you can always try something and and try to be different um, in the way that you want to be um, I really love that message, and I love that idea, and uh, that's something that I think the multiverse um, and multiverse stories can do exceptionally well. Yeah. I want to add, I really liked that there was, mm, well, I, okay, there wasn't a uh, romantic plot mm, involved. Mm. I was very appreciative of that. I was kind of worried they were going that direction with uh, Miles and Gwen, but they kept it very much like we are friends and friendship. And honestly, I think that's more important given mm-hmm. the backstory that they provided for Gwen. Yeah. So that made me really happy because uh, as much as I love smoochies, which we all know that I do, <laughs> um, I, I don't like when they just force in like, oh, this needs to have a romantic subplot. And it, there's a little bit of that there with um, Peter Parker and, and his separation from um, Mary Jane. But uh, it was very much like backburner side character side plot. Um, You're forgetting the subplot of... Aunt May asking for a profile so she can date online and get out of the house more often. Ah, oh, I didn't yeah. miss that. That's great. <laughs> um, I also I also really liked the the representation of um, Miles's relationship with his family, his mom yes. and dad and uncle. Yes, and um, I think I think that that's really cool because I don't know. I guess I, I always expect like oh the hard ass dad. Uh, who's a cop and it's like oh you know it's like every teen hates their parents and all that stuff but they they had like a a very realistic feeling relationship they loved each other and they cared about each other and they were worried and checking in and uh you know the parents are trying to set healthy boundaries for their teen but they're also trying to be understanding of him as a human person who is developing into you know his own adulthood and it was just really touching and then you know even though they didn't really get into it the the sort of relationship between miles's dad and uncle like Mm. the the brief touches they put on that felt like so real to to a a family like they're they're you know you've got your cool uncle but your cool uncle and your dad don't really you know talk anymore because of stuff that you don't understand because you're a kid and they're not going to tell you that Mm -hmm. but it's there and it's real and it's something that we all have to navigate those those relationship ties and and discomforts and how that that shakes out i i just i really loved that i thought that was really really cool you know, in the the Peter Parker story, it's almost like he he always loses his Uncle Ben and he always has his Aunt May. Mm-hmm. And only very rarely has that not been the case in, in any story. And even like there's this huge thing in the in the mainline comics when uh, Aunt May was gonna die and he pretty much gives up his relationship with MJ to save Aunt May. And uh, so that, those are like staples in his story. But for Miles, in the in the eight years that he's been around, his mom has died in the comics. His dad has died in different versions uh, that we've seen. And 
right now in the comics, he has his whole family. Uh, and because when the kind of the universe rebooted, his mom came back and, and because of other stories that we've seen, I don't know, to me, it was great to see that he had his family. Like, it's always sad for me. I mean, I, I guess like no one will ever bring uncle Ben back. Right. And no one, and like you, uh, I don't know, like the Spider-Man game did some things, but like usually Aunt May is in the picture. Those are just so important to Peter's story, but I don't know. Like I, I, I wish he had um, the fam- a family, you know, and his family, mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't really have it. And to be able to see Miles have this origin story, and he lost his uncle who was really close to him, but his, his nuclear family is still there. And I don't know what feelings I'm feeling, but I, it makes me feel something <laughs> to know that this kid still has his mom and his dad together in this version of the story. It, it makes you feel very happy. Yeah, um, I'm so glad both of you are mentioning that because that... It, is um, such a core of this movie. And um, as a young dad myself, it was so nice to see a, um, a dad who felt some feels. You're not that young, by the way, but what I got, I'm a very young dad. Um, (laughs) Rocking the dad. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, Young by what I mean by that is um, I'm early into my fatherhood. That is true. Um, Yeah. That's what I mean. Um, I'm an old man when it comes to age, but um, what I really like was that scene when he's dropping off his son and he's like, um, Miles, I'm going to need you to say, um, I love you, dad. Uh, 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 I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still waiting on that. I love you. I love that whole moment. It's, it's, I love that. It's I feel so sorry for your daughter because you're going to do stuff like that. <laughs> she has no idea what she's in for. Um, I'm totally going to do that kind of stuff. And uh, you see, you see the different times where one's hugging the other, and when the dad comes to visit him in his dorm, and as Lauren was saying, he's trying to feel this out and give him space too. Um, it's it's so wonderful to see that type of father, and that meant a lot to me in terms of um, the representation in, in in this movie as well, and and the mom mentioning to miles like well you know how your dad is and you know we love you and there the family here was um was wonderful and it's it's great to see a superhero with with two parents who care for him and love him and um they they care for each other do you all think that his dad figured out that he was spider-man at the end because he dropped like three clues on him at once. I, I think so. Oh, totally. Those are pretty heavy-handed yeah. clues, right there. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> he, like he he was like not getting it, and I feel like he got it when he saw the note that was graffitied. Yeah, you know? I and he, like the look on his face. I think he got it when he says, "I love you," as Spider Man. <sighs> Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think he got it at all. <laughs> I think he's like, this is so weird and coincidental and unrelated to my own personal life. I'm not going to think about this anymore. Because he didn't get it after the hug, which was weird. And then after the I love you, he's just like, what? And then, but then his face really changes when he sees the note. I don't know. So mm. that'll be interesting uh, moving forward. So, Lauren, were you being sarcastic? or do No, you, or I do mean, you... I'm, I'm, yes, I'm sort of being sarcastic because there are, like, it's it's a well-worn uh, superhero trope of, like, there's, like, a hundred clues around here and you still didn't figure out that I was the superhero? <laughs> really? But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see in the next movie. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the next movie, um, is there stuff you all want to see in the next movie? So I don't know about Miguel O'Hara coming back. Well, I mean, there's a th- I have a theory about that. Basically, the whole idea of the 2099, well, not the, no, we see him in 2099. But whenever he comes back, he's usually trying to stop the creation of the company that he works for. And he always, like, he travels back in time to try to stop that from happening because it's like a mega corporation that ruins everything in the future. So the end kind of implies that that might be what's happening. Mm. And that would give us an opportunity to, it doesn't have to be cross-dimensional. It can be across time. And there's actually a, a game, uh, what's the video game called? It's Spider-Man. Uh, anybody remember? The one where it's a different Spider-Man across uh, different periods of time. And Spider, no Sp- Spider-Noir is one of, Spider-Man Noir is one of them. Uh, 2099 is one of them. And I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it was like one of the prehistoric ones. 
I don't remember. There's but there were there's there a were prehistoric Spider Man's. There's like a prehistoric yeah. Marvel universe what? with versions of like yeah yeah with like caveman versions of all the heroes. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think the next one could go into time. Oh, like we could see an older Miles. We could see Whoa. a younger Peter. Like we could just yeah we could stay in the same world and then go through time. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that much, but now that I think about it, that makes sense. Man, I want to see that. That sounds really cool. I'm looking forward to the spinoff more with the ladies. Oh yeah. It'll be interesting if that one happens in Spider-Gwen's world, because she said that her name there is Spider-Woman. Then then what is Jessica Drew? Because Jessica Drew is always Spider-Woman. Do they have a similar dynamic like Peter and Miles, where they're both Spider-Man? I don't know, but I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And like, and then you take the animation from this movie, and then you bump up the neon colors, like the Spider Gwen style, yeah. right? Yes, Woo. bring it. <laughs> and then you bring in the '60s cartoon style. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, tell what? The, what no, am I thinking? Of course. You can. Did um, I, I'm curious, Laura and and uh, Hasue, as uh, folks who tend to read more comics than than uh, Lauren or I. Were there certain cameos or references or um, big fan things that you noticed that um, you thought were really cool? Because I I like how this film does all of that. There's a ton of details there, but they're not really in your face. So it doesn't it's very inviting for both um, hard, intense, longtime fans, as well as folks who are just kind of checking it out. Um, but I'm, I'm curious if there are things you notice or saw that you're like, whoa, I can't believe they put that in there. I got really excited when one of Miles's contacts on his phone was Bendis. Ooh, I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. Who is mm-hmm. Bendis? Brian Michael Bendis. The author, the, the person who created Miles. Oh, that's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Who is now working on Superman. For yep. DC Comics. He is maybe my favorite comic book writer. He's he is. pretty cool. He was at the Black Comic Arts Festival in San Francisco a few years ago, and um, there was a kid dressed as Miles Morales, and he was like drawing with him and took a picture with him, and the kid said he wanted to be an artist just like him, and oh, it was so Aww. cute. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that they mentioned the charter school lottery i know that's like not a very geeky thing but that's big in the comics yeah Yeah. it's a big part of his origin story like the fact that when you meet the family one of the first things that they do is they they're in their uh it's like a like a town hall meeting and all the kids they have this lottery going on and he gets in there and his family is so happy because they really they really see it as a much better opportunity for him Mm. because he's going to go to a charter school in, in new york and and again, that that whole thing is a big part of the story. The fact that he he lives away from home. I think they were so. There were many details that were uh, very true to the comic book, and I was excited about that, including his powers. I'm glad because the invisibility. Uh, yeah, yeah, the invisibility and the venom shock, like all of those things, like th- those are that's Miles, and I'm glad that they didn't change it. You know, like they didn't give him organic web shooters, or they didn't do something else that was kind of weird just to to make him more palatable i mean you know once you have peter parker there it doesn't you don't you don't need to do things like that um, so i'm glad how i think that the, how authentic they were to the original comic again the fact that genki was there um is great like yeah you don't need another best friend because he was forming a family with all these other characters who he could really relate to so uh, genki wasn't necessary plus he had his own family like that, that was probably too much but he was still there you know the visions academy like all that stuff I don't know. It's just it's really close to to the comic books. There was a lot of stuff that jumped out at me. It sounds like they really honored the um, the origins of this yeah. character. Oh, I think the biggest scene was definitely when uh, uh, Gwen and Miles and Peter are standing outside of Aunt May's house, and she sees Peter for the first time after he died. That scene was very close to something that happens in the comic books, and it was. I couldn't believe that it was happening. That was one of those moments where I was like, can you believe this is happening? Like <laughs> Nobody around me knew what I was talking about. But yeah, that was, that was probably it for me. So definitely check out the soundtrack. It's very, very good. It's, it's available so good. where soundtracks are sold. And that way you can listen to that Christmas song. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Christmas. Yes! <laughs> it's very good. I mean, what, good. what has the better soundtrack? Is it Black Panther or Spider-Man? I don't know. They're both really good. 
it's close. It's close. It, it all comes down if you to, to if you prefer the weekend or post Malone. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> can can I ask a um, a novice uh, Miles Morales fan question? I, I'm now a fan, but I um I was not before, or I, oh, it's not that I wasn't, but I, I just didn't know much about this character. The spider that bites him. Where is this spider from? What's it doing, just hanging out there? So, so they don't touch on this in the movie at all, but it does say Alchemax on it, right? Yeah. And number forty-two. And the number forty-two. Yeah. Uh, in in the comics, basically, the the Green Goblin, um, Norman Osborn, is trying to recreate super soldiers, right? Like to mm. to become. Uh, Basically, he's trying to to recreate Captain America is what's really happening. And in the process, he's looking at different delivery systems. What happens is the prowler is working for the prowler is a is like a thief. So he mm-hmm. goes into the company and steals some stuff and he doesn't realize that he has a spider with him. So one day and he when he brings it home. Yeah, oh. yeah, he brings it home. And then when uh, Miles is visiting him, he gets bit by the spider. Oh, yeah. And I think at one point, Aaron is like pissed because he was so close to getting those powers and he didn't, you know, it was he had a 50 50 chance and, and the, the spider bit Miles. That's I mean, that kind of deepens it because now it's because of his uncle being this thief, which is why he has his powers. Well, he has his powers in this because his uncle took him down to do some graffiti. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Down in, in the in the underworld of New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's very similar what they did. I I like I like how they did that. Huh. Yeah. I I have a question is is Penny Parker is that a comic that exists? Yes. So she's a real character that exists and I don't know that she has that she's ever had a full line um for herself, but I'm I'm I know for sure that she's at least had had at least one one shot, which is sometimes when they do things like um, like crossovers and they introduce all these crazy characters in something like Spider Geddon or Spider Verse in the comics, then all these other characters will get a one shot. Like Spider Gwen got a one shot when she appeared, and then it was so popular that they gave her her own series afterwards. Okay, yeah, which made it incredibly complicated when you started at Spider Gwen number one. Because you're completely lost as to her origin story, because it's in Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I had I had never heard of uh, Penny Parker with her sick robot outfit. I was just like, oh, there's like a diva, Spider Diva, <laughs> Spider Diva. I'm into it. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't think she's ever had a full series. There is a version of Spider Man. It was either a movie or a series where Spider Man had a giant Spider Man mech. And they did like a like a Power Rangers uh, show uh, in Japan <laughs> of Spider Man. So there is a version, and I know that that version of Spider Man has been in the comics and the big events. Oh, everyone, go see this movie again. Go see it so much. You know, I I was uh, really disappointed with the DC animated films not getting. Um, a theatrical release like I really love The Dark Knight Returns the um, their version of that and um, there's so many there's so many they've made they've made a lot and they're 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 really good so Mm -hmm. to see this movie get a theatrical release I hope we get more not just in the Spider-Verse but more animated superhero genre films um they're really good, and you can do really cool, interesting things in, with them. And I, I, I want to see more. This movie obviously looks very expensive, so I'm sure we'll get one every couple of years. But yeah, nothing like that. There's a reason why the DC ones are they issue like three a year, something like that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I I loved it. I can't wait for the sequels. This was good. This was fun geeking out about this. Any other questions before we wrap up? Um, so, uh, Spider Ham. Um, how much of a run has has he had? So he's been around for a while. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter Porker has some history. I forgot when, when the character was introduced. Yeah. He's been around for a while. And he's from a earth that is like Looney Tunes we- where animals talk and do stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Are there much. humans in that earth? I don't, I don't remember. Hmm. And I don't remember if it's like a pig earth. Where the the like the dominant sentient animal is is all pigs. I don't know. Okay, I want to do a quick round. Uh, what was your favorite part? 
Mine was when Peter and Miles are planning on breaking into the lab and Peter says like, oh, I'm going to steal the head scientist. I'll steal his password. And then it's like, oh, no, she's a woman. And Peter goes like, oh, I should uh, (laughs) address my biases. And then the reveal that she is Doc Ock was like, oh, he's so good. And the the animation they used for her um, octo leg things with the the four little grippers on the end. Oh, so good. That was that, really good. Ooh, yeah. That was that was some tasty <laughs> animation. It was like a, like a plastic sleeve, right? That was like filling it's, up. Yeah. I just saw a couple of weeks ago that NASA put out a video that was showing um, they were building restraints, like mm. robot restraints for zero gravity, and they're basically that same sort of plasticky, gooey white. Mm-hmm vaguely uh transparent but but the that that same sort of like tentacle shape and they're used to like hold you down and they have anyways is i was just like oh shit like that (laughs) that looks the same and i really want those how do i get myself some sick tentacle arms lauren i think that's the (laughs) actual technical name plasticky gooey semi-transparent to yeah. things mm-hmm. that's i think that's what nasa calls them yeah if, if anything knows anything about me it's that i'm extremely precise <laughs> <laughs> spiders men yeah. spiders men but yeah yeah what, what was your favorite part uh the, the dad dropping off miles i cracked up so hard it's beautiful what about you Josue? what was your favorite part i can't decide i'm thinking okay I'm thinking. then you don't get one yeah. what about you laura <laughs> <laughs> Um, my favorite part was that first intro with Miles singing horribly and humming to the to the song. Oh man, and, him him and, and then having a pack the, for school, the, the <laughs> backpack going over the top of the stack of books. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that that's me. I have done that. I have absolutely done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the, have you packed for school yet? Yeah. And like, yeah. he just throws everything in the suitcase at once. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat because before I said the part where he's stuck and he uses the music to relax and mm-hmm, get down, mm-hmm. but I think I I, I love like those badass moments in in a movie, and I really loved it when Gwen uh, when Spider Gwen first appeared because she yeah. looks so fucking cool. Yeah. You know, she's definitely yeah. the coolest looking Spider character that mm-hmm. has ever existed. And when she appeared, and she just like kicked ass, took the computer, swung like saved everybody. And then had her badass pose, stood to the side, you know, took her mask off, and then still looked badass. Like that was one of those moments. I was like, oh, I want to cheer. You know, it's, it's so good. <laughs> I did. I did cheer. I cheered a lot in the, the movie theater tonight. Well, like as as Lauren was saying, that whole sequence is so good and amazing and also funny. There's the bagel joke, and then there's Peter Parker going, you know, you know, good news. You don't have to steal the monitor, um, which was like, so funny. Yes. The whole yes. time I'm like, I'm like Miles, you don't need the monitor why are you doing this and he shows he's like good news (laughs) so good and then that whole sequence is capped off with spider gwen showing up that that was that whole part was a huge highlight actually that whole scene is is capped off with like them swinging in unison which oh yeah is is beautiful beautiful scene thwip and pull (laughs) thwip (laughs) and pull (laughs) so good so good that's really good Uh, i really want to see it again (sighs) me too can Oof. we make this one of the movies no. we possibly do? No, no, nope. nope. we already said what they were. No, nope. okay. they're going back. Okay, nope. speaking <laughs> of, <laughs> yep, yep. So, a quick reminder: I will put a link in the show notes. But you can go to geektherapy.com/slash/movienight, and then that'll take you to the form where you can where you can vote for which movie we should watch and do a commentary over. So, remember, your choices are. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Do 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 do. Disney's The Lion King. Ma Sepena. And Scott Pilgrim versus the World. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to sing that metric song. Okay, fine. The Umbabobs. I. I can't. Do 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 do. Umbabobs. No. Do 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 do. You do the first. Yeah, the beginning one. I prefer the metric song myself. I agree. Yeah. So help us decide and and be be a part of this. Be a part of geek therapy history. Our first movie night. Yeah. 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 Yay. 
And for more Geek Therapy, uh, go visit geektherapy.com. Definitely check out our Facebook group. And our preferred place to, to chat is on Twitter. We're at Geek Therapy. I'm at Josue Cardona. Ali is at Ali Matu. Lauren is at Chicken Dinosaur. Lara is at Geek Therapist. Thank you for joining us. Remember to geek out and do good. And we'll be back next week for our season finale. Woo! You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy. 